From the Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas, Virginia, it's Wild Style Radio. And we're back on the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show, coming to you from the Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas, Virginia, on the Wild Style Network. Yes, sir. Live. Still live. Coming at you live. Coming at you live. Mm -hmm. Every other Wednesday night. So definitely, you know. We're back in pace. We're back in a every other week pace, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we had some live insanity happening in here. Oh, it was great. I know. We there we were overflowing in bands to talk to. We didn't get to some. We will get to them later. I know we will. Yeah, you know, and and it was great conversation, you know, the, the what struck me, the my favorite of all the conversations was with the Road Ducks. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. So much history that there. That was cool. Yeah. And and he was just a great storyteller. It really yeah. I wouldn't say it was really an interview per se. Yeah. It was sort of like just chilling. Yeah. Similar yeah. with chips enough where, you know, you bring something up and you know, the conversation yeah. just went. The road ducks, I don't know if you remember, like, remember they got all that olive garden food and they had like a actual buffet. So it was, it was like a post dinner conversation. They were like, had full <laughs> bellies. They were relaxed. They were like laid back, you know, back in the couch. They were right. chill. And yeah, yeah, it felt like that. It was fun. Yeah. So, cool. so yeah, so, uh, we've been talking about doing this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those of you that are in our age demographic probably played a ver- version of this game at the one old point game. in time. It's, I mean, there's, I've seen drinking variations of this game. I've, uh, it, actually there is a box game of this. Is there? Yeah. But it, it's very, I think um, there might be a family friendly version of just general stuff. It's like, I don't know. Would you rather have like. Well, I just revealed the game is would you rather. Right. So would you rather have, you know, uh, like Cheeto crumbs on your fingers, like for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? Or like the burn of like an atomic fireball in your mouth the rest of your life. Like what would you rather? Would like, you rather have through? Pringles aftertaste in your mouth <laughs> or an energy drink aftertaste yeah. in your mouth? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Yeah, so, so we're playing a little rock and roll version of Would You Rather. Yep. Yeah. I love so it. So we each wrote a series of questions. We're I got a lot of questions, but we're only gonna back. we're only gonna go with three, right? Okay. I had a bunch, but Oh, okay, all right. We might three go with, or four. Let's go with four. I guess yeah, we'll go with four. Okay. All right. All right. So I and I have to admit, because we're old friends, I a lot of my questions are geared specific to you. So I think this is not only gonna be revealing for like rock and roll, your factoids and everything you know but also your styles and preferences. I think it's going to reveal your character, Kevin. All right. All right. I have a couple of those too. All right. All right. All right. Do you want to start? You want me to start? I'll start. Okay. Wow. I have to go to the glasses though, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that we're going to be so, pausing too, because I have a feeling with that being said, you're going to throw me like some right. zingers I have to think about. So if you had to choose, would you never listen to your favorite album again? Or mm. never see your favorite band mm. live again. Man. Oh man, that's that's brutal. It's like a Sophie's Choice question. <laughs> like a whole. I would have to go with never listen to the favorite album again. I am so like such a concert junkie and live junkie. Right. I, I would never want to give up that live show. I mean, sometimes it's, choices are made for us, right? Because like both, I, I immediately go to Soundgarden, who I'm never going to right. see live again. Maybe that drove that answer because I'm missing seeing Soundgarden live, but I can listen to Bad Motorfinger, you know, over and over again. Right. You know, 
That, by the way, that's just by a nose. That that's my favorite sound. I mean, not by much. We could do a whole bottoms <laughs> up on that one as a whole sure, conversation. Sure. Interesting, because yeah. I, I probably would have gone the other way. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's such gaps in yeah. when we get to see bands. I know. So it's like it almost feels like forever in some cases, but you can always go back to the album. It's true. So yeah. um, for me, I would, I would probably choose to not. And then some of them, like you said, there are bands that we would love to see that we just can't anymore uh-huh. yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would have to stick with being able to listen to my music. All right. So, all right. So this is going to be a follow-up to our 1983 bottoms up. Okay. And it also is a little bit of a follow-up to the question that you asked me. I just like change the gears and courses of my questions because this is about live shows, which okay. is what you said. Would you rather see Def Leppard in 1983 or Dio in 1984? Because Def Leppard was your number one. I'll put that in context yep. so people did not see it. Def Leppard was Kevin's, Def Leppard's Pyromania with Kevin's number one bottoms-up album selection for the year of 1983. I also know how much... Kevin loves him some Holy Diver, which was released in, no. Um, uh, it was in 83 too. Yeah, that was not, um, Last in Line Last was released in, in 84. So yeah, yeah sorry about that. It was yeah. yeah. Wow, that's hard. Because having seen Def Leppard pretty much in their prime. Yeah. But I didn't see them before Rick Allen's accident. Right. So, and I would imagine there was a slightly different energy there. Uh-huh. Um. And I've seen Dio live, but it was much later mm-hmm. in the album releases, so I didn't see them. You got Vivian Campbell in Dio and I not know. in Def Leppard. Well, that would be Steve Clark. And- <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, another one who we would never, will never see again. Right. Wow, that's tough. Um, probably Dio. Well, I feel, so I had a feeling you might go that way, but yeah. you had such a strong answer to your bottoms up. That you might- yeah, well, again, that to a certain extent, that's going back to, you know, the music at the time. That was when Pyromania came out. I really wasn't as aware of Dio. Uh-huh. So, um, but I played that Pyromania album nonstop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Get it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Very cool. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I like I like it. This is kind of funny because I, I feel like I should have asked you these questions already sometime in the course of our lives, and we haven't. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I know. It's very revealing. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Would you rather have a few beers with David Lee Roth <laughs> or with Chris Cornell? Oh, my God. You did hit me in the, Oh, my God. That would be... I, Either experience would be amazing. I'll start there. Like that's a that's a in a way it's a Sophie's choice, but in a way it's not because they're like the, like at least you win in some experience in some like great way. I mean, I guess you could see a live band say that's winning still too. But David Lee Roth's a party. Chris Cornell would just be cool. Like just I mean, right. it's not that David Lee Roth wouldn't be cool. It's just like you know that that quiet, subtle, strong Chris Cornell cool. And this is not my favorite front man either. Like this answer. So I'll say that because that would be hard to like to choose as my man. You did hit me in the gut on that one. I'm going to go, I'm going to, man, I was going to say a name, but then I'd change my mind as it was coming out of my mouth. I'm going to go. All right. I'll just, I'll go with my initial gut. I'm going to go with Chris Cornell. All right. I'm going to go. I'm like, that's painful though, Kevin. <laughs> painful to say, it, cause it would be 
wicked fun. Oh, yeah. Either and, either one, but obviously, like you said, David Lee Roth, it's going to be a party. So yeah, right. the energy in and around all of that would just be through the roof. Right. And But that brings Chris Cornell back from the dead. That is, that's true. You know, that is true. That would be awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You, you going to commit to that one? You just let that ride with me. No, that'll ride with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're about to see Alter Bridge. Okay. And we have seen Alter Bridge this year and we love seeing Alter Bridge. So this is like almost in the context of the day, you know, kind of deal. So would you rather see Miles Kennedy, the great Miles Kennedy running Slash or Alter Bridge? That's tough because <clears throat> I, I feel a lot more chemistry yeah. between Alter Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Because that was sort of the band that they all formed together. Right. And and you feel it, but seeing Slash anytime. Yeah, I know. Is uh, which we're going to see him in two weeks too. So yeah, uh-huh. it's a good good couple of weeks coming up here for with live. Guns and Roses though, but with Guns and Roses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean. To me, you know, and I hadn't seen Miles with Slash until the the last time they were here in the area. Mm -hmm. That was the first time. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was great. But for me, the focus was really on Slash. Mm -hmm. And I think within Alter Bridge, it it feels much more band-esque. Yeah, yeah. With Alter Bridge. I agree. So. My girlfriend would respect that answer too. Yeah. She gets double eye candy. But they were fucking good too. So (laughs) I'd probably be leaning ever so slightly to Alter Bridge. All right. I mean, that's, that's it. That's a would you rather. You got to go one way or the other. Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. right. Next up. I'm not going to commit. I'm going to do what you just did to me on that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Would you rather have all the drums sound like Sane Anger on every Metallica album? <laughs> is this from or, the bottoms up? Or would you rather have all the bass sound like Injustice for All? <laughs> this is from the bottoms up. You know, what What taints me about that is that I, I think from that bottoms up, I very clearly like Injustice for All better than Sane Anger. And I did like Sane Anger to some degree, like more than a lot of other people that came up and played that sure, game, yeah. like Sane Anger. So, you know, the, the people just outright hated that album. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the drums bothered me and the percussion bothered me as much in St. Anger. I, I think I'd probably, I'd rather have the, in other words, I would rather hear that because I'd rather hear more bass and injustice for all. Sure. You know, I'd rather, I wish that if there's one album to be re-recorded out there, out of any band that, or album that I could think of or remixed, I would, I would go down that road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, because probably because we like that both like that album so much. Okay. Live acts, these are live acts, and you have to kind of put it in perspective. I guess live acts in their prime, you know. All right. So, would you rather see live? Would you rather see the Foo Fighters or Motorhead? Because I know you haven't seen either. <laughs> um. Well, I think that would be kind of easy, and but it's impossible, and it would be Motorhead. Okay, that was pretty quick. I'm surprised. Yeah. Because at least right now, there's still an opportunity to see Foo Fighters. Yeah. But not necessarily, I mean, I guess you could argue prime or not prime. Uh-huh. It's certainly, I mean, Josh Freese <coughs> Fries is super talented. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you won't be able to see him with Taylor, uh-huh. obviously. But um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, I think I'd rather see Motorhead. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. But it won't happen. So. All right. All right. All right. Very cool. All right. So this is the last one. Last round. All right. So I got two lined up here. So I'll pick one. I was going to say, I got, a, I got, I, I did a bunch, but. Well, and, all right. So <laughs> would you, would you rather John Karabi be the only singer Motley Crue ever had? Wait a minute. Or. 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 Vince or Vince or Vince. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You had to, you had to pick like a permanent singer. Yeah. There was no interchange. Yeah. I, you know, cause we haven't talked about the, I want to rock it. Yep. We're about that, to talk that's about why that. I was going to, I know it's a good thing because I mean, he's just, I mean, the integrity that bleeds out of that guy is substantial and I love him. And now like, you know, and he, and that album got a bad knock and that's yep. a good album. That's a good Motley Crue yep, album. Yep, I agree. It's very different than the rest. I mean, I, because I'm going to have to go with Vince Neil because I, and I hate to say that I wish that that album never existed because after everything I just said about it, it's such a great album. It's just that, uh, you know, shout the devil in terms of an album was my first love. So me personally, I'd have to go down that road. I mean, Vince Neil's and all the drama Motley is, is happening right now. It's a part of all of that drama, which is unfortunate, but I think probably the reward in life of what I got out of that earlier in life, like in the eighties and nineties leads me to say Vince Neil. I. I would probably agree. All right. So, yeah. So we, you know, kind of, oh, oh, yep. I got I was one gonna more. Say, you got one more. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause you started with me. Remember? Uh, that's right. All right. I was going to say, I mean, you know, turnarounds fair play. <laughs> I got a lot here. So I, I might do this because Jeff Salisbury just showed up. I got one. Maybe. <laughs> this actually, I'm going to, I'm going to change gears because we were talking about the, yeah, I want to rock. And this might actually be an easier question than I thought. Okay. Who would you rather see live? I'll go to another live question. All right. Winger or warrant <sighs> going total glam. And, and this is coming from a thrash guy out of the mouth <laughs> of a thrash metal dude. He has um, to commit to either winger or warrant. Well, I would, I mean, so winger in the earlier format, or I say, if I, I had to go like right now in both bands' current state, I say in their peak, both of them at their peak, then it would be winger. Okay, because of Red Beach. All right. Oh, okay. Wow. Just because of one song. No, because of the he, the guitar player. Oh, right? oh Red oh. Beach. <laughs> Look, I don't know my winger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And funny story with that. So. What was the show? We were at, I was at some show in college and I was backstage. I forget. And so there was, whoever it was, it was a band that was on Atlantic. Uh-huh. And so the, the Atlantic rep was there and uh, they were backstage talking to people. Oh, you can't wait. This new album that's getting ready to be released. It's going to be awesome. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And yeah. you'll never guess who it is. And I, I knew that Winger was getting ready to release their album uh-huh. on, on Atlantic. And I had actually heard a couple of the songs yeah. at the radio station. So I was like, Oh, you mean winger? Uh-huh. The guy was like, how'd you know that? <laughs> like, Lucky guess, I suppose. Right. <laughs> He's like, the guitar player is amazing. I'm like, so yep, definitely, definitely winger. All right. There you go. All right. Well, there we go. That concludes. Would you rather? And we're, I, we still have, this is going to, I think would you rather can continue to pop up. Yeah. Whenever, however, whatever. But, it, you know, so a good segue, right? We've mentioned it a couple of times, the uh-huh. I Want to Rock. So 
For those of you that aren't aware, there's been a new documentary that was released. Yes. And I, I think Scott has the trailer, so we'll cue him to throw it up here when he gets free. Yeah. But it was, it's on Paramount+. Plus. Got the producers hustling. Yeah, he is hustling. Yeah, I see if he's... Um, it's like it's, the Flash. He should be Scott three, the Flash. Three parts. <laughs> um, so I, we both watched the whole thing. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic because it basically talks to the entire 80s metal scene. Yes. How it how it formed, all the bands that were involved, the PMRC, as you just saw in that yeah. clip, yeah. and then how some claim... Metal hair bands were killed. Yeah, you know, so like, okay, so I'm going to go like into my film critic mode here, you know, so like I'm going to flip gears into that. You and I have watched, I think if there is a documentary about rock and roll and this type of genre of music, we watch it. There's, I don't think there's probably any that you and I have ever missed unless we just simply don't have access to it. Right. You know, so I think like to me, the story that you typically see in any documentary, so obviously... You know, I think of Jake, your son, who's 25 years old and did not live, you know, through all of these times. He sees what he sees of those times through documentaries. So it's kind of important to kind of, you know, really kind of get a good picture of what actually happened. And most times we get the, the picture of the big bands, you know, so like the, the ones that, you know, they, they groveled at first. They did excessive amounts of drugs. They did excessive amount of women. And then they made all of these hit songs and they skyrocketed through the 80s and all that kept perpetuating again and again and again. And then Nirvana came out and killed them. And, you know, then they were depressed, you know, and they were down in the, you know, the ruts. But then it was okay because then they reunited like 15 years later. And there's the comeback and reunion tour. And that, to me, was the same story over and over in a lot of documentaries, which was a true story for those bands. Sure. It's not like that was wrong. That was a Motley Crue-type story. But the bands they focused on, when they opened up this documentary, oh, my gosh, it was Janet Gardner from Vixen, yep. the lead singer of Vixen, who is now a dental, dental hygienist, and the opening shots of her with her hands in some guy's mouth, you know, and doing dental work. Here's the lead singer of Vixen, like doing cleaning some dude's teeth, you know, and, and he has no idea who she is right? and what she was went through in that time. And so it focused, it took a, it went outside the box of the big bands and it focused on bands like Vixen. It had Kip Winger in it from Winger, which was, that was the Winger tie in. And their experience was different because they didn't achieve those super high levels of success that could sustain them through a change, a cultural change that happened at the, at right. the end of the eighties. And, We'll give some, I, I'm okay with spoilers, you know, to talk about this because that's what I think it's, it's more accurate and makes it more different. Um, it, it just doesn't talk about it from that really kind of big band male perspective. And, and when I even use the word male, it's not that like, you know, Vixen was coming out like we got to be a chick band and it's all about the girls and, you know, and, and that's what, how women should represent because I think it really did well representing the fan experience. So not just, you know, male fans, but also female fans and I think that was important, right? Because I always talk about the breakout song of Come On, Feel the Noise in 1983 as being the first right. metal number one song. And that launched all these other groups into the stratosphere as well. That was the icebreaker. That was certainly identified. That's no new news. But it also then really kind of spoke to the fact that that was music, even that wasn't a ballad at the time, because they talked about the impact of ballads, but appealed to women. It was like a melodic song. It was a melodic metal song that didn't sound like Iron Maiden know that had a feel to it that was effeminate and that women could relate to and that audience supported you know the rise of these big bands even though they could be misogynistic 
you know, the, the women perspective was really kind of important. So like they really did take into account different things from that other documentaries kind of overlook. Right. And in a short period of time. So like, that's just, that's the start of like all the great things I found. Of course, you mentioned John Karabi with Motley Crue. His story with Motley Crue was detailed. He did a great account of everything that he went through. And that was, that was a fantastic uh, story for him. I thought it was great. Cause I mean, you, you kind of know the bits and pieces, but like, you know, so like the behind the music on Motley Crue. Yeah. Touches on that for right. like three minutes. Right. Where it really kind of got in depth into right. his side and his experience and what he went through and how he thought, this is great. I've been struggling all these years. Right. I mean, he left the band, The Scream, to join Motley Crue and The Scream were phenomenal. Right. Uh-huh. I love that first album they put out. Right. But then, uh, you know, so he basically bolted on those guys and joined Motley Crue and then... You know, unfortunately, it was in 89, 90. Right. And, right. you know, for a lot of reasons, it wasn't just grunge, but every all the tables turned. And then Motley Crue wasn't drawing. And yeah. it was, well, it's because of the new singer. Right. And Vince needs to come back. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I thought, you know, he handled that really well. And you could tell, like, we've seen in the articles where he's talked about I completely understand Mick's point of view and I can see where, why he would think this. And he's like, no, he's like, I don't have hard feelings. I just don't want to talk about that phase of my life anymore. Sure. But I, I thought that really kind of encompassed that whole thing. And, you know, he, I thought he, he looked really good and how yeah. he was yeah. describing that. And, yeah. and, uh, and then it showed him now, you know, he's obviously, he's got a couple of projects he's working on. He's out touring. So, right. um, you know, he's still doing it. Yeah. And, I'm glad you brought up like, you know, the, the crash of hard rock and metal because that's described so many times, you know, they, they almost start with the, every time with the opening riff of smells like teen spirit before they even like, it's not even that they're blaming it on one band. They blame it on the song. even Right. They, they simplified into this one little point that everything changed. And, you almost to me like point to come on feel the noise that way and say that that happened to bands in 1983. New wave. Right. Exactly. Like where did new wave go? Well, then you know, the, the opening drum rift of, you know, come on, feel the noise could kick in then at that point. And they did a really good, uh, right, job of really, to me, describing what we had seen in the Stephen Piercy comments in the press right. about how grunge really didn't kill metal. It was a combination of things. And to me, the big thing, and I think they pointed out in this, dec- this documentary, was the, the songs just weren't any good. Like, people were writing mediocre songs. Right. And other bands came along and wrote better songs, not even just grunge bands, and they pointed, I think, Ricky well, Rackman. And, and meaningful songs. Right. You know, they were, the, a lot of the grunge bands were hitting on, you know, it's sort of like when Metallica first came out and the topics Metallica, Megadeth, a lot of the thrash bands were, were speaking to, which are, or either politics or current events or things that were really what they think people, the fans should be thinking about. Right. It wasn't. Right cherry pie right or, yeah, yeah yeah you know and that you know is really yeah and then all of the bands that were copycats of the more famous bands right. that couldn't write songs either so yeah i agree that that's really what did it in i i, I uh i you know i love ricky rackman pointing to country music and saying that country music was just as much to blame as grunge and i'm a thousand percent on that i mean you remember this you know i had a heavy metal girlfriend and around that time that this all crashed and, uh, you know, 
I was hanging out with her and all of a sudden I remember when her, her one day buying country albums and it wasn't just her, it was her friends. And we saw that conversion yep. with the, a lot of the, the people, the ladies, especially that we hung out with, they transitioned into country because country was offering up something that heavy metal and hard rock wasn't any longer. I always say that like, I compare it to like evolution, you know what I mean? The theory of evolution. And if you have a velociraptor, right. And then the next relative is a turkey. And then you like put the two side by side, like how did the velociraptor come to the turkey? And then like you look at some of the details and you kind of see all oh, a velociraptor is kind of like a turkey. That to me is like metal and country. Like to me, if you go and see like uh, Keith Urban and I remember seeing he was on an award show and all of a sudden there was fire and flash pots and wailing guitar solos. And it was a country song, but that didn't look country. You right. know what I mean? I yeah. felt like I saw that show before and I'm not a Keith Urban fan. But all of that was recognizable on stage. So there was a definite evolution that they pointed to that, that was very solid and very true. And I still feel there's a lot of people that we ran around with back in the day that were metalheads that are just as diehard into country right now, you know, as opposed to grunge. Or friends that we had that were super into punk that were hiding their Metallica albums. Yes, you're right. Exactly. They didn't want... Right. The other thing, a couple things that I thought was interesting was... The, the, the piece when they referred to the Metallica video, nothing else matters mm -hmm. and throwing darts at the kip. Yes. Yeah. He was really, uh, <laughs> really kind of stuck on that. So I saw a press article that could have been something that we talked about. And I, I can't remember. Did I pass that to you where James Hetfield, Kip Winger has claimed that J James Hetfield made a personal call to him to apologize, to apologize for, for throwing yeah, darts and, at yeah, his poster. Uh -huh, yep. That, and really the impact that that had on his career that he like now is in a later phase in life is really kind of really realizing that that had a really negative impact on. Kip right. Winger and his well, and, and he brought it up in, in the, the documentary. Yeah. So, and then the other piece is aside from, you know, the, the lack of quality music killing the hair metal scene, MTV yeah. is really what killed it yeah. because they flipped the switch yeah. Yeah. and I thought it was interesting in the documentary. They talk about that, mm -hmm. but this documentary was produced by MTV. Right. So right. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this is interesting. And no, you know, there was like no rebuttal from MTV, but it was totally that way. Cause no. you know, we, we lived through that and yeah, yeah as soon as, and, but the interesting part about smells like teen spirit and grunge and all that, because that was building for a long time Absolutely. before well, it ever right. broke. You and I, Kevin, like we, I, I have you as my witness and I was your witness and vice versa. We were listening to a lot of those bands before 1991, before the, Absolutely. that smells like teen spirit. Because that album that nevermind came out yes. a long time before right. it ever hit MTV. Right. And at right. the, the Virginia tech radio station, they, we were playing that in heavy rotation and we yes. had this massive speaker that blared out into the media wing of the, the building that the, the radio stations in. And as that song's playing and people are walking by and they're like, turn this shit off. This sucks. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of equated it to when we were freshmen moving in at Virginia tech yeah. and you walk past the dorms and every open window was playing sweet child of mine. Yes. And they're like yeah. this band, this, they're a new band. They're awesome. They're great. And it's like, the record's no, been out a year. They're not really that new. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. kind of that same way, but um, you know, it was just interesting how that switch flipped and it went yeah. from, you know, the metal bands to it was grunge and hip hop mm -hmm. and it was, and then and country then new metal uh-huh yeah but yeah 
weren't playing too much country on MTV, but <laughs> well, yeah, Jimmy, right, yeah. But uh, they they kind of did did it in because that's that was you know unlike today, that's where when we were you know young teens and at, and young adults, that's where we were going. Not for all, but a good sure. part of new music, our new music, current events, yep. pop culture. No it's, streaming service. Yeah, it's nothing like that now. That was so. the streaming service. That was yeah. the way you had to stream on your TV, only when you're in front of your TV. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- thought it was interesting because, you know, I guess a couple of days ago was the 40th anniversary of the launch of MTV. Yes. I think it was the 31st of July. Uh-huh. So someone put a couple memes up on. I won't, I refuse to call it X, but on Twitter <laughs> and uh, on that day and the comments were hilarious, hilarious. Cause it's like, yep. MTV was great. 13 years of music. Thanks right. for all. Yes. Th- thanks for 13 great yes. years of music. So I thought that was hilarious. Yep. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, if you haven't already, you should check out. I want to rock. It's on Paramount plus right now. Yep, Paramount but, plus. You know, you know how things with streaming services go. It won't, Probably won't stay there. Probably float to wherever, you know, in another six months. But so when you get your opportunity, whatever streaming service you have, I Want to Rock is probably one of the best 80s rock documentaries I have seen. I agree. My, it was awesome. You know, my humble opinion. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good, Kevin. That's wrapping us up, right? Yeah. We'll let you guys know how this kick show goes. Yeah. Bottle and cork. Super excited. Mr. Salisbury has arrived. Look, he looks refreshed, hungry, ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I just, I spaced out. (laughs) I was thinking I needed to be here at 7.30 for the shows, and then I was like, crap, they're doing the show. We missed you, brother, but we still talked about you. I appreciate it. Just don't be late tomorrow. (laughs) I can't. I have a meeting with Monster and Coca-Cola at 10.30, so I'm going to have to meet you guys somewhere. All right. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Another sponsor. Right. There we go. We'll see. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, so thanks for, if you joined us live, thanks for joining again every other Wednesday night and hopefully we'll be out of Facebook jail soon. Yeah. But uh, check us out on our other, on our TikTok channel, our Instagram channel and stand up and shout.com stand up and shout rock show.com. Ah, yeah. Don't go. To, yeah. Stand up shout. I don't know where that would take you. Probably nowhere. Yeah. Stand up and shout rock to show to buy it.com. Yeah, probably <laughs> buy this domain. Yeah. But uh, yeah, coming up on the the Wild Style Network, we got our friends with Notebook Wagering. Yeah. Wednesday night is live show night. And then a little bit later. Don't bet against the Notebook Wagering guy. I'll just say that. I'll just say I had an experience. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And then a a tribe called Jess. Yeah. So check out the other uh, programs on the Wild Style Network and we'll catch you in two weeks. See ya.